Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. America is in the midst of a crisis. You already know that. But the crisis I'm talking about is hunger. Talking about hunger at Thanksgiving, that's when people really connect the dots and say, wait, there's hunger in America. I'm about to go home to my family with abundant food. This week on 880 In-Depth, a conversation about hunger in America and in our own community with the head of Why Hunger, Noreen Springstad, and a chat with the singer-songwriter Tom Chapin, who's helped carry the torch for his brother, Harry Chapin, who co-founded Why Hunger. I mean, you think about, we talk about this guy now 40 years later, and not even about the song so much, but about this this idea that he had that so many other people have picked up and carried on. And uh, it's it's kind of humbling and, and, and also just kind of kind of magical, you know. My child arrived just the other day, came to the world in the usual way, but there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk when I was away, and he was talking for a note. And as he grew, he said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know I'm going to be like you. Welcome to 880 In-Depth. I'm Tim Sheld. That's Tom Chapin there, singing his brother Harry's big hit, Cats in the Cradle. More from Tom and what has motivated him in his work with Why Hunger, coming up. But first... Welcome to 880 In-Depth in this Thanksgiving week. I'm joined by my good friend Noreen Springstead from Why Hunger. Noreen is the executive director there. And if it's Thanksgiving in the New York market, it's Hungerthon. Noreen, we're in a pretty unique situation uh, for all of us because we're, we're really in, a, in an economic downturn where people are hurting. How is your business? People are hurting. I think we're all experiencing that, whether you're putting gas in your car or going to the supermarket, shopping for your family, inflation is real. And that impacts all of us. But it really does impact low-income Americans, people who are just scraping by and barely making it and making really difficult choices in order to ensure that they can feed themselves and their families. And that that's why we still see long lines at our food bank and pantry partners. And that's why farm workers who are picking the food in the field are also struggling to get by and make sure that they have access to healthy food. For those who don't know, can you just tell us what Why Hunger is and where did it come from? 
Why Hunger was founded in 1975 by the artist and activist Harry Chapin and the radio DJ Bill Ayers. They started as friends, uh, came together with the notion to answer the question, why are people hungry? And they knew it was going to take much more than handing out food to solve this deeply entrenched social problem. Just to give you some perspective, for the last 50 plus years, hunger in America has consistently stayed at about 12%. We see that spike in times of need. That could be a hurricane or a natural disaster, uh, the financial recession, and certainly during the global pandemic, COVID-19. So asking why people are hungry meant that we needed to run a dual track of addressing people's immediate food needs and helping connect them to nutritious food all across the country and also working on root causes and solutions that address why people are hungry in the first place. And you, um, your organization has for decades been involved in a New York City radio tradition called Hungerthon. And for those who don't know what that is, explain what that is for us. Hungerthon started in the late 80s. Um, I think it was Harry and Bill's vision, Bill being a radio person. He he went to uh, Mel Karmazin in New York and threw out this idea about uh, getting to the airwaves and talking about hunger at Thanksgiving. That's when people really connect the dots and say, wait, there's hunger in America. I'm about to go home to my family with abundant food. So using this time as a moment of resonance to raise the consciousness of the country. And it's been a tradition for more than 36 years. We've done about 36 Hungerthon, many with the WCBS 880 and Odyssey family. So if you are a New Yorker or live in the tri-state area, I'm pretty sure you know what Hungerthon is. And so... As we uh, find ourselves here in the fall of 2021, the numbers look scary. I'm I'm reading from your fact sheet. Nearly 1.5 million New Yorkers, including one in three children, struggle with hunger. This is another interesting stat because we did this podcast together last year and we talked very specifically to one of your partner food banks in Brooklyn. And so let me just read this. In New York City alone, there were over 21.5 million, 21.5 million visits to soup kitchens and food pantries by individuals and families trying to meet their basic human need for food since March of 2020. Wow. How, how are we doing today? Think how overwhelming mm. that is. That's unique visits. Um, people waiting in line, taking precious time from their day and from, from their jobs to make sure that they can feed themselves and their families. I was speaking with Dr. Melanie Samuels, who we, who we did that co-interview with last year with the Campaign Against Hunger. Talked to her last week, and they had a food distribution program. They serve about 14,000 families a week. And they they had a line four city blocks long just to hand out food. And she's she and their program are, are kind of epitomize why hunger's philosophy. They're working on addressing people's immediate food needs, and they are transforming the landscape of Bed Stuy and Coney Island and Far Rockaway and other parts of Queens, where they're empowering youth. They're growing food. They're bringing all these positive uh, signature programs 
to bear so that we can transform communities and end hunger. I always say that's kind of the flip side of the despair of hunger is there's so much hope and possibility. And it's really what keeps me going. The idea we can live, we do live in a country of abundance, but we need more broad-based prosperity so people can go to the supermarket and buy for themselves, not have all those stressors related to poverty. And I think it's important for us to ponder and for your listeners to reflect on what does it mean to live a dignified American life? It certainly means being able to uh, access nutritious food, provide for your family if you're working. If you are working full-time in our country, there is no reason why you should be on a food line. We need to work towards living wages as a main pathway to addressing hunger at its root. Yeah, I mean, people are forced in this day and age to make choices between what they're going to spend their money on, whether it's rent, food, medicine. I mean, look at look at all the costs of society, especially those who have less than the, than the rest of us. And so uh, living wage seems to be the most, the largest piece of this pie. How important is it? It's so important. I, I think it's the linchpin. Um, living wage, which is making progress through state and local ordinances, have been the most progressive on this. Not throughout the country, but this is how change happens, right? You build momentum, you build a movement, and then we need federal change. So good social policy has the keys to solving hunger. Another way to solve hunger, which would be sort of a two-pronged approach, would be uh, universal school meals so that every child, they get a textbook, they get transportation, they get school supplies, they get a healthy meal for breakfast and lunch. It cuts down on red tape, bureaucracy, lunch shaming, debt. We do it right here in New York City. 1.1 million New York City school children get universal meals. It's got to be nationwide. That would absolutely ensure the right to nutritious food for every child in America. Are you, do you have optimism um, that out of the bad can come good? So out of the pandemic, almost like out of the Great Depression came this huge, uh, you know, government machine, public and private, frankly, uh, to, to help the economy. Is it possible that we may see that kind of movement uh, out of the pandemic? The movement is afoot, right? That's what you see with Build Back Better. That's what you see with policies happening in New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. Uh, in Maine, they just passed a statewide constitutional amendment called the right to food. The first state in the nation, historical. It will be enshrined in the state constitution in Maine. We are seeing a wave of momentum happening around the right to food in Washington state, in West Virginia and other places. And I always say that's kind of analogous analogous to how uh, marriage equality started, right? You percolate it up through the states, you build momentum, and then you move it to the federal level to ensure the right to food. So that makes me very optimistic. And I think some of the social policy bills in Congress, they're game changers. Um, having a child tax credit makes a big difference for families with children. So a couple of approaches would really move us to living in a hunger-free country. So I am optimistic. Uh, does does Y still um, contribute to help fund the hunger hotline? 
We do. We run Why Hunger runs a hunger hotline 1-800-548-6479. That's 1-800-5-HUNGRY. We will help you get local nutritious food closest to where you live anywhere in the country. This past year, uh, one of the silver linings in the pandemic is people's generosity and corporate generosity. Google came to us, Waze came to us, and they helped us power the database behind the information referrals for the hotline and also whyhunger.org slash find food. So we're, we're trying to map out all 60,000 agencies in the country providing food to people so we can make the best referral possible. And Tim, I was just thinking about, you know, what what also makes me hopeful? Um, there is movement in Congress. Congress member McGovern from Massachusetts and Senator Cory Booker from New Jersey. They are working and pushing hard for a White House conference on hunger. First time in 52 years to say, we need to take a holistic approach. We need to look at black and brown communities. We need to talk to indigenous people. We need to understand what's going on a lo- on a local level so we can solve these problems together. So it that seems like it's on the horizon to do this White House conference on hunger. And I think that would be a game changer for the issue and ultimately maybe be a tipping point for solving. Do me a favor, Noreen. Give me give people who are listening a sense of how they can help this holiday season. Our signature program with CBS 880 is Hungerthon. So you can go to hungerthon.org and make a donation. Um, every donation counts. Um, for certain donations, we have some really cool merchandise that you can uh, donate and get a Bruce Springsteen, the Rising hoodie or T-shirt, a John Lennon T-shirt or scarf. And our nutritious food is a human right, Hungerthon t-shirt and tote bag and a vintage Harry Chapin tea. So go to hungerthon.org. Hunger is a 365 day a year problem. Why hunger is there day in and day out to solve it. Noreen Springstead, the executive director of Why Hunger. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the people in your organization. Thank you for your friendship, for our, for what you do for our community. And thanks just for being you. Thank you, Tim. This this means the world to me to have you as a friend and a partner and everyone at 80 just pitching in to make it all happen. And now to our conversation with Tom Chapin. Our Wayne Cabot and Tom Kaminsky joined Tom by Zoom this week to talk about Hungerthon and fighting hunger and poverty in our area. Here's that conversation. Uh, singer, songwriter, storyteller, entertainer, humanitarian on the board of directors of Why Hunger. Hello, Tom. Hey, guys. It's so nice to see you guys again. It means a couple of things. It means I haven't seen you in a whole year, and it means that uh, it, it must be around Thanksgiving and Hungerthon. And thanks so much for being part of this. Lovely to hear your voices, see your faces these time, this day. I know. It has many times I've been, I've been in, the, in the studio, but we're now we're doing this Zooming. We've gotten used to this stuff. We're getting closer all the time. Closer all the time to to human to human contact, and you know that actually is a good way of of introducing you, Tom, and what Why Hunger does with the pandemic. I'm trying to get a read on: Are people in a more giving mood uh, because maybe they have more money to give with the you know the relief programs we've been getting? They see the problems with hunger and homelessness, uh, or is this strange national discourse is it putting us at a strange? time when it comes to giving? 
I think it's uh, the answer is both. You know, uh, some people are giving more than ever, and others are are are, are not paying attention. And that's always been the, the thing. Why hunger? You know, has uh, I got some numbers here? In 2020 alone, we mobilized 845 thousand dollars in emergency funding to 42 partner organizations and social movements in eight countries for rapid response activities. And you know, the the, the drastic numbers that happened this last few years because of COVID, uh, something like uh, 38 million Americans, uh, and of those almost 12 million are children, are, don't know whether what they're going to eat this week, you know, and uh, so those numbers are drastic. The good news is why hunger has been doing as, as it has been for since 1975, putting hungry people in touch with food, helping them towards self-reliance, and really working toward food justice. Their motto is Food is a right, not a privilege. And that really comes to the bottom line here, which is that if you are poor, you have to make terrible decisions about yourself, your family, your children, about what to spend your money on, you know, gas to get your, to your job or rent or heat or food. And that is really what, uh, what Why Hunger has been addressing for so long. My brother Harry was so prescient early on when he said that about American food is that you know, uh, uh, hunger is awful, but hunger in America is outrageous, you know. Without a doubt. And the fact that why hunger now has this rapid response, you mentioned the rapid response. How, how does that work exactly? Well, if you or anybody you know needs help, uh, the why hunger hotline uh, is 1-800-5-HUNGRY, as it has been for many, many a moon. And you text your zip code to 1-800-548-6479 or visit whyhunger.org slash find food. And you get connected to your local, wherever you are. I know because we're streaming today. Uh, anywhere in, in the country, uh, they'll find the closest emergency food providers, food pantries, soup kitchens across the U.S. I was just saying that it's 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 been one of those things where early on, uh, we you assumed that that there was a place that this was going to happen, and you know the government were doing it or a state would do it, and all of a sudden years ago, why hunger just realized, wait a minute, nobody's nobody has this that has a place where hungry people would just call up and say, help, and what, so the hunger, the why hunger hotline has been been an amazing gift to to a you know any, anybody who is really struggling, and it's and I, it's one of the proudest things we do. Tom, you were going to say Kaminsky. Yeah, my question actually kind of is sort of in that vein, because you've been doing this and, and Harry um, got involved with, with Bill Ayers and formed Why Hunger basically because of, of you uh, meeting, meeting Bill Ayers, saying that he, that he speak to your brother, uh, which, which is a great story, which I'd also like you to, to, to touch on. But when you, when you look at the problem today, and I'm trying to form this question in my head as I'm saying it, does it make you angry? to realize just how much more work there is all these years later? You know, uh, there's, there's two answers to that. The first one is, is of course. Second one is, that doesn't get, do you any good. Uh, I'm actually more proud than I am angry uh, and, and uh, about the clarity of uh, the, 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 the goal of why hunger, you know, uh, that 
uh, you know, if you think about it, uh, how ridiculous it is in this country that is so rich that so many are hungry. And it really has to do with uh, uh, good jobs, poverty, those kind of things. Not an easy solution, no easy solutions. But it's really, uh, it's one of the proudest things I do is be part of this, you know. Uh, it informs my life, you know. Every time I look at my kids and think about other kids who are not, who are not hungry, my grandchildren, you know, and you think, wow. And every time I, I, I start talking about why hunger, it I get a little, you know, for cleft, whatever it is, for cleft, whatever. <laughs> I get a little bit uh, moved by the fact that this has been an ongoing uh, thing that I've been a part of for, for so many years that does such good work. And that's really why we're here today is to, is to reach out to, to your listeners and your watchers and say, uh, you can be part of this. It's, it's an amazing thing to be part of the solution and, and, and realize that you can make a difference. What makes it fun, aside from just feeling good about doing good, what makes it fun is the legacy that you and your brother bring to it. And that is the musical connections. And I'm going to let Tom Kaminsky speak to that because that's what Tom does. <laughs> well, one of the one of the things I wanted to ask you, Tom, is now you are starting to do live performances. One of the one of the great auction items that we have every year at Hungerthon has been a a, a private con that that you do for for the top bidder, and it's always one of these really amazing things, and. So now you're you're back to live performances. It was on Zoom uh, for 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 the more than a year, um, and now that you're back to live performances, live performance now. Is there a change in the audience? Is there a change in the audience's appreciation for the fact that this is a live performance in front of them now? It's very moving, you know. Uh, first of all, we're still very very careful. You know, uh, I'm at, a, at an age where is, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very healthy, but I'm at an age which says that I'm at risk, you know, <laughs> and uh, as we all are. And so uh, every concert, we make a, make sure that people are vaccinated and wearing masks and this and that and the other. But the answer is yes. People are so moved about there's an amazing thing about being playing live. Uh, it always has been for me anyway, uh, the idea that you uh, you share stories with the audience and the audience is at least as important as you are you wouldn't be there without them um i did uh it, during the uh, during the whole pandemic my daughter abigail uh talked me into doing mornings with papa tom chapin and the chapin sisters and we did uh over 200 shows which are all up on youtube now anybody wants to watch it for families uh, uh abigail came out of uh Brooklyn and, and with a with a four year old and her husband and 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 came up to where we are in, in the Hudson Valley and we have a big house and stayed with us for you know six or seven months till she found a place up here and uh, and Lily was right close by so I had these two daughters singing with me and we just and Abigail was all worried about what parents were going to do with their kids suddenly when school stopped you know and so we started doing these these concerts. And they began with just doing some family, you know, kids music, family family music. And then we, it kind of broadened out into folk, the whole folk thing. And if it's a special day, we would do something like that. These wonderful songs. And uh, they, and uh, we talked about Why Hunger a, a whole lot on that, you know, uh, and, uh, and and the great work we were doing. But uh, that is, and, and it was wonderful to do that. There was people talking back and forth. We had the morning crew, but it didn't replace 
being able to be in a you know in a in a concert hall or in a club and uh, and really being you know face to face and having the voices come back at you and and the faces and uh, and I miss that enormously. I have uh, three more shows this this year and then in the spring we're hoping to do some things. I'm going to doing a little tour with Genesee and then Livingston Taylor if God willing and the creek don't rise and Delta don't rise. <laughs> But uh, mm-hmm. I've gotten playing here here in uh, in, in Piermont, New York, at the Turning Point on the 28th and 29th, our annual holiday festival with my with my band, Michael Mark and, and John Colbert, who are the ones that you, you're bidding on for this concert. And uh, uh, if it's in the tri-state area, we'll try to do it live, depending again on the pandemic, and we'll certainly do a Zoom if if, that, if it's necessary. And if you're anywhere else, the great thing about this is if you're in you know. California or Oregon or Peoria or Florida, we can do a concert for you like this, and uh, which is nice because in the old days it was only the tri-state area that could bid on this. Boy, if only you had a guitar with you, we could get a sense for what it might be like. <laughs> well, let's see. I'm, I happen to be not in your your place, but I happen to be in my place, and I got a big twelve-string here. Here's a song that. Michael Mark and I wrote about this very issue. There is food for everyone, father, daughter, mother, son. There's enough for everyone in our green and growing world. In the desert, in the rain, from the mountain to the plain, there's enough for everyone in our green and growing home. Everyone, no matter who, there's a place reserved for you. There's enough for everyone in our green Sunrise and sunset, 
through the night till the day break comes around. All my life's a circle. I can't tell you why. Seasons are spinning round again. The years keep rolling by. The years keep rolling by. And the years keep on rolling, rolling by. Bye 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 bye. Boy, the years do keep on rolling by, Tom. That was beautiful. How many years have we been doing Why Hunger? Tom and I, Kaminsky, were just talking about it before you came on. I, How many years have you guys that. been doing it? Yeah, well, you know, well, I, you've been doing it since 75, yeah. right? Yeah, well, I, the first Hungerthon was uh, probably 70, a little later, 78 or 79. It was on NEWFM, remember? remember? And mm-hmm. with Pete Fornatel and, and those great guys. And it's 24 hours. And it was Harry on the, on, on the station with various guests, Bill Ayers and, and and Hunger Folks. And it was 24 hours. They did that for maybe, you know, five or six years. The first year I remember it was, it was I got a call, I'm in Brooklyn and I got a call from Harry at about two in the morning. I go, hello? He goes, hey, it's real dead up here. Why don't you come up to NEW? So I, I, so I grabbed the guitar, got dressed and came up there. We spent a couple of hours singing in the middle of the night to who knows who. <laughs> and and what's happened, of course, is that that uh, you guys and, and Sirius and 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 have, have just stepped up and been so so important to to what we do, you know. And and that's one of the great things is is realizing how committed you guys are, as well as as the folks. The real heroes here are, are not me. Uh, and even Harry has been gone forty years. Died in eighty one, uh, and in July of eighty one, and. It's the people who have kept it going, and the and the, the day to day people at Why Hunger, and uh, and all of our partners, and so that those are the real heroes here, and the people we're, we're talking to, who uh, open up their their pocketbooks and say, yeah, I want to be part of this, I want to help, and those are the heroes, and that and, and you can be part of that, uh, your listeners can, and uh, a big thank you to everybody involved. This is uh, one of the great things about Harry and Bill Ayers and Why Hunger is always, it's not I'm not I'm going to fix hunger, it's we, we can do this. We have to do it together. And it's always about partnerships. And uh, we treasure our partners. And we treasure you, Wayne, and, and Tom for doing this so many years. It's always a pleasure to be, to be on this, talking to you, and see you guys. Well, we treasure you uh, and our listeners. I mean, we've had multiple years now of a million-plus dollars raised for Hungerthon. I mean, I, I got to believe somewhere Harry is knowing this and smiling. And I also got to believe there's something in the water at the Chapin household to grow such amazing talent and such huge hearts. Oh, well, thank you. It's uh, yeah. uh, as, as Harry said, you know, when, when he was when he was really a, like a major star, he had Cast in the Cradle and all these big hits and he was selling out things. He says, you know, it's really cool. I'm doing this. But being a rock star is, is not an end in itself. You know, he said it's just, uh, and he always felt that that he could he had a bully pulpit, and which was pretty pretty remarkable. I mean, you think about we talk about this guy now forty years later, and not even about the song so much, but about this this idea that he had that so many other people have picked up and carried on, and uh, it's it's kind of humbling and 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 also just kind of kind of magical, you know. Hello, honey, it's me. 
What did you think when you heard me back on the radio? Our thanks to Tom Chapin and to Noreen Springstad and to Wayne Cabot and Tom Kaminsky from WCBS. And yes, that spirit of Harry Chapin does live on. Thank you for listening to 880 In-Depth, and please be safe. I am the morning DJ, W-O-L-T, WCBS. Playing all the hits for you, today we're saying yes. The bright good morning voice was heard but never seen. Feeling all the 45, going on 15. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.